Hello, everybody. This is Katie. <laughs> I'm sitting here with my friend and fellow graduate student, Heather. Hello. <laughs> We're just going to have a little conversation today on the first episode of The Curious Life of a Scientist. Oh, that's a cool name. <laughs> Thanks. It took me a while to think of. All right. So the first thing I want to talk about was just your journey to where you are now. Um, so let's start back in, I don't know, when you were a kid in the younger days. Did you know you wanted to be a scientist then? I didn't. I thought I wanted to be an interior designer. Ooh, that would be a good backup job. I was way different. I used to like draw a lot and everything. Artistic? Yes, definitely. And I was was also a tag artist. I don't know if I'm supposed to say that because it's against the law. (laughs) What would you tag? (laughs) Well, my tagging name was Harmony. Oh. I used to tag like... Did you sing while you tagged? (laughs) I am so tone deaf. But... (laughs) But I used to tag like things like waves or like mm-hmm. symmetry, like trees and stuff, and then say like illuminate the finer things in life. Oh, can you hear me? Yeah, there, that's better. Get up close, yeah, close and personal. So it was, I was definitely very, what is it, left sided of the brain? I don't know. You know? We should probably know that. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> but okay, yeah. so you were more doing more art stuff. Yeah. So then, when did you get interested in science? Um, I was going to community college at Palomar because I graduated high school and I was like, I guess that's the next logical step. And I yeah. didn't apply for colleges. So I went to a community college and I took, um, this chemistry class and I had a professor. He was awesome. So I kind of like fell in love with chemistry and then, wow, you came in through chemistry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause it was, I don't know. He made these really cool tests where it was, um, kind of like a, like a graphic novel type of thing. So he'd have all these. Like answering the questions was really fun. It was like you were actually okay. like telling a story of chemistry or something. Yeah. So <clears throat> I had a friend. My best friend was up at San Jose State. So I liked chemistry. And then I was like, oh, well, I'll apply to San Jose State and then live with my friend. So I ended up getting in. And then I got my degree in chemistry. And I, oh, I didn't know your degree was in chemistry. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. a lot of chemistry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah. did you have a favorite class in college or um, a certain? Well, I ended up getting like a concentration in biochemistry and then I got a minor in physics because my favorite class was this class on metabolism, like biochemical reactions in your body. So I thought that was really awesome and I got the concentration and then, um, I don't know, I really like physics, but when I graduated college, I was, well, I guess a year before I was graduating college, I had a lot of friends that wanted to go to grad school and I didn't really know what it entailed but I knew I didn't want to be like a tech for the rest of my life. So I was like, I guess Uh I'll do that. I also don't want to be a doctor. I hate like administrative work. So Uh I decided to apply for grad school. And then did you take a break in between? No. Applying? You just went straight from. Yeah. Cause like in high school, I didn't like school at all. And then when I was in college, I was thinking like, I don't want to get back in that kind of mindset where I like lose stamina. So I just like kept continued on. Yeah. Cool. And so how did you decide where you wanted to apply? Um, I applied mostly in California because I thought I wanted to stay there. I was up in the Bay Area for college, so I applied to a lot of schools in the Bay Area because I wanted to stay there. But I mean, like UCSF (laughs) and Stanford, Berkeley are like very hard to get into. So, Um, and then I did a summer research experience for undergrads at Johns Hopkins. So I also applied there. Yeah. And I got, yeah. Okay. So I got in there and I was going to go, I accepted their offer, but then I got cold feet 
Oh no. Yeah. So then I you just didn't want to move across the country. That's a big move. That's yeah, really far. I didn't want to move by myself. So, um, I guess I, it was mostly California and then I applied to university of Washington just cause I like Washington and then Johns Hopkins and NIH. So those are the only ones out of state. NIH has its own <clears throat> yeah. graduate program. Yeah. I and no I got, idea. well, I got an interview there, but it was like the, all of the, um, interview weekends, you don't want to keep flying across like the country. Yeah. So I didn't go to their interview weekend and didn't get in, but I got into Hopkins, University of Washington and UCI. Okay. So then when I got cold feet about Hopkins, I came to UCI. Huh? Yeah. I did not know that. <laughs> I mean, that's a big commitment moving across the country for five years and yeah. having a whole different, you know, being far away from everything, you know, and I don't know, it's probably snows there. So that's I know. Oh my God. The interview weekend was in February and it was like freezing. It was like 20 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh my God. Yeah. That I was like, I don't know if I can look good. Here. Yeah. Okay. So then did you have a good interviewing experience at UCI? <clears throat> um, I actually didn't really like UCI when I interviewed here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Go anteaters. Yeah. Well, I think the reason was because I'm from San Diego and they kept preaching their whole, um, like, I guess sales pitch was about the weather. Yeah. And I mean, I'd grown up with the, the weather my whole and, life and I was kind of like, yeah, it was like, go hiking and go to the beach and yeah. like, do all this stuff in California. And you're like, I'm from California. Yeah. And I'm thinking, you know, as a grad student, I don't, I don't know like why they don't express it more that you're going to be in lab constantly. So you're like, <laughs> you won't be able to see the sun that much. Yeah. So I was kind of like, you liars. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I don't know. My family lives in San Diego. So this was a very rational choice. Yeah. Yes. So then you started UCI, and how was your rotation year? Um, my rotation year was pretty good. I don't know. I have a lot of friends that had a lot of trouble their first year, I guess, and I didn't have very much trouble. I think my first quarter was the worst because I was in a pharmacological sciences lab, and it was mostly polymer chemistry, which I haven't done even as a chemistry major. It was mostly like it was not polymer chemistry. So... That was hard. It was like a huge learning curve. And I also, in my mini symposium, like the presentation at the end of the quarter, I got annihilated because oh, it was no. my first like graduate presentation and they just like ripped me to pieces. So I thought I was like the worst scientist in the world. Yeah. Those are tough. You never know who you're going to get on your committee and if they're going to, yeah. I only got asked, I mean, I, I got asked questions, but nobody was really trying to, yeah, I didn't get that kind of pressure to know everything yeah in mind so but I heard that other people had a lot harder time so I wonder if it's just depends on who you get I think it's definitely the people because my second rotation was awesome the people in the lab were really nice and then my presentation I got the flu the week before it so I was still sick had been like preparing my slides in a haze (laughs) of fever and but when I presented him, it was just one person, David Fruman, and he was like very sweet. So he asked questions, but he wasn't, he yeah. didn't like trying to tear you down. Yeah. And, yeah. And then my third rotation was, uh, with a woman I met at the recruitment weekend for the next year to come in and we like instantly clicked. And so I told her I was rotating to join her lab. She's like, okay. <laughs> so. Yeah. So how did you make that decision? Was it, it sounds like it was easy cause you got along so well with Yeah, her. it was really easy. I was supposed to rotate with a guy who actually left the university to go to Texas. Um, and I was reluctant to join his lab because I don't think I'm as, um, 
I don't want to say I'm not as hardworking as those scientists, but I'm not as like, I'm not like such a Nazi scientist yeah. about, I don't know. I don't know how to put that. Yeah. yeah. But, um, so I was really reluctant to join the lab. I didn't know if I would get along well with the people yeah, or like just your be in the atmosphere. Wouldn't. Yeah. So, um, when I met her at the recruitment weekend, we just like, I started talking to her and it was kind of just like instant. I was like very, I thought she was awesome. And so we met and then she said I could join the first day I was in her lab. She made me do tumor dissections from mice, which, and I'd never worked with mice before in my life, but I wasn't like scared cause she's like a great teacher. So yeah, I don't know. It was, yeah. it was good. So then you just, yeah, joined her lab Yeah, and now you've been in there for <clears throat> how long? I think it's been like seven months now. Okay. Yeah. How's it going? Pretty good. Transition. It's nice to know that you have a home. Once yeah. You join the lab, but then no. you have to start. <laughs> yeah. It's been kind of work. rough the whole time, I guess. I don't know because the lab has been half in one building and half in another because we were supposed to move. But besides the whole like lack of the equipment that we need, having to go between buildings, um, my experiments have been going really well. Good. Projects are moving along. Cool. <laughs> so <laughs> we just have some cat action over on the other side of the room. No worries. Um, so yeah, that sounds like a good path. You just kind of realized that's what you wanted to do and just kept doing it until now. Do you, um, know what you want to do after grad school? No, <laughs> I thought when I was going into it that I wanted to continue staying at a university. Uh huh. Um, but now that I know what that entails, yeah. Like my PI, she's so young; she's thirty-five, and she's beautiful. But I can tell that her job wears on her. Yeah. And I don't think I want that for myself. Yeah, I probably would have answered that the same way. It's like yeah. when I started, I was like, "Oh, I'll stay in academia. It's so great. You learn so much, and you get to meet interesting people, and just be around people that love learning." Um, but then just watching kind of how difficult it can be to start a lab and get funding and just run a lab. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of feeling the same way, a little yeah. disheartened by it. Yeah. But there's always uh, biotech or lots of other. I know. I don't know anything about industry besides what they say at the workshops. So, yeah, well, I think it can vary. It can be more of an academic <clears throat> environment, but it can also be more just driven by what's going to make money. Which yeah. can be kind of annoying if you, you know, are really interested yeah. in the science that you're doing, but yeah, we still have a couple years, so I know that's true too much. And like the ultimate dream would be like private research, but I think that's very competitive. I know. Oh, well, my so. ultimate, yeah. To like start your own company. Well, you yeah. Or work somewhere like on science drive in La Jolla where it's just a small like cancer research groups. It's still a semi industry, but it's not big. Yeah. Yeah. That would be good. But then those companies always get bought by the bigger companies yeah, eventually. Do. So that's true. you don't really have much job security. I don't think. Um, okay, cool. So now I think I'd like to talk about kind of ways that you deal with the stress of graduate school. I've, you know, found that throughout school, I've had different levels of stress and found different ways to deal with it. Um, but I think it's always good to hear about how people yeah. <laughs> deal with it because you can get little ideas from everyone. Yeah. And different reasons for stress. I guess first year stress was, um, because it kind of felt like I was still in college with classes and, mm -hmm. um, the rotations weren't, weren't required to pump data out. So it was more laid back. 
And I kind of dealt with my stress probably with drinking and just like hanging out with friends. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> you I know, mean, just like being around people. <clears throat> that's good. And yeah. So I would say there was a lot of that. I have my boyfriend lives in San Diego. So um, I'll go down to San Diego for weekends. And that is kind of like freeing for my mind. At least it was in the first year. Now it's more of a burden because I'm down in San Diego and all I'm thinking about is lab. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> to come back and yeah, and like get back in there. what I should have been doing on that Saturday or something. Um, but now I guess um, <clears throat> I try to work out. I try to run. I binge watch a lot yeah. of Netflix because <laughs> it's like you know your day is so busy. It's nonstop. I wake up at seven and I don't get home to like eight, and uh-huh. and I kind of just want to sit and be. Yeah. Just turn off the brain yeah. and just, yeah, relax and not have to think about anything yeah. for a few minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, those are good things, I think, all of those. Yeah. Um, okay. For the next segment, <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to, if you have a project or a part of a project that you're really excited about right now, if we could just discuss it um, and try to talk about it in a way that not just scientists, but anyone could kind of understand what you're doing and why. Part of a project that I'm excited about? Yeah. So I'm pretty excited about this project. Um, so, well, I guess I'll start out from the beginning. What my lab is interested in is the metastasis of cancer. Oh, yeah. You should probably say what you're... Yeah. Who's lab you're in and what department you're in. Okay. Yeah. So I'm in the department of molecular biology and biochemistry. My mm-hmm. PI is Olya Rosorinova, brand spanking new. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but we're mostly interested in cancer and more specifically the progression of cancer into metastasis and how it's, um, got a, there's a big role for hypoxia in the progression into a metastatic phenotype of what does hypoxia cancer. mean? Oh, hypoxia. <laughs> hypoxia is a lack of oxygen. So um, when a tumor starts forming, it's got vasculature around it, obviously, and it's getting, um, it's getting oxygen from the vessels. But as the tumor grows to say, um, maybe like two millimeters is as far as oxygen can travel within a tissue. Um, then after the two millimeter point, you start losing oxygen density and the cells have to survive without it. Um, so they go and, uh, it's kind of a hypoxic state. Okay. So yeah. living without oxygen. Yeah. Explanation. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, so hypoxia, it causes the cells to become, um, more invasive. They become more aggressive. They start proliferating faster. Um, they want to move around more within the body and that's never good. Yeah. Which means nastier cancer. <laughs> yeah. So, um, what my PI found at her previous lab, she found that this one protein called CDCP1 is hypoxia-inducible. So when the tumor becomes hypoxic, um, when it gets too big, then in the center of it, uh, there are factors that get upregulated by hypoxia called hypoxia-inducible factors. And these are transcription factors. That's too much for like a lame <laughs> so thing. So when there's low oxygen levels, yeah. certain proteins get, get upregulated, turned on. Yeah. yeah. So and, and the one you're working on is CDCP1. CDCP1. Yeah. Okay. So in the presence of hypoxia, CDCP1 gets um, upregulated. So there's a lot more of it, and it causes um, the metastasis of the cancer, which means it can cause the cancer cells to move from the primary tumor to a distant organ, um, and then form another tumor there. 
And metastasis of cancer is what ultimately kills patients in like 90% of cancers. Mm -hmm. So it's a really big problem that we don't have a solution for yet. Um, And so this, going back to this protein I'm interested, CDCP1, um, it... We don't know how it gets activated besides the fact that it's hypoxia-inducible. So after um, tumor becomes hypoxic, why does it become upregulated? Um, how after it gets upregulated, is it active? Like, what is it doing? We don't have a complete answer to that. Mm-hmm. So um, there's, a, there's a lot of evidence showing that um, when proteins bind to each other, uh, they can induce signaling. Um, so CDCP1, it was never known if it could bind anything else mm-hmm. or bind itself so it, it could form a dimer or anything. And I just got some data showing that it forms a dimer with itself, a homodimer. Whoa. Yeah. So that's pretty exciting. Yeah. And, I, and I also found that it can only form the dimer if it's cleaved. So it comes out as this huh. 135 kilodalton protein. And then it gets cleaved by either like trypsin or um, there's two other enzymes that can cleave it. And only after it's cleaved can it form a dimer, which is pretty cool. So that yeah. has to be important for something. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm trying figure to it figure yeah. it out right now. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Cool. That's really interesting. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh my gosh. It's hard to talk about stuff. Like I'm trying to think how to like explain everything really simple. I know it is, but I think it's a good uh, skill to learn and work on. Um, Cause I think one of the problems with science is that, scientists don't take the time to explain it to the public so then they don't understand it so then they don't you know they won't uh you know make policy or make decisions based on the real science yeah (laughs) um okay great and then i just noticed that when a group of grad students get together very often kind of weird experiments or just random things that have happened while with experiments that topic of conversation usually comes up. So I was going to see if you had any particularly crazy moments while doing an experiment in the lab. Um, crazy moments like explosions and stuff. We shouldn't <laughs> talk about that. <laughs> no, that, has, that hasn't happened. So that hasn't happened yet. <laughs> Just like, I don't know oh, if there's anything that you found particularly funny or weird. Or I had something super weird happen to me, but it is kind of a long story. <laughs> okay. We've got time. <laughs> All right. So I said earlier that I studied cancer and um, I mainly studied breast cancer. So I had a mouse model of breast cancer. They spontaneously form these breast tumors. And part of what I wanted to do was to um, take, like, excise these tumors and then isolate the tumor cells and culture them out. So I did that mm-hmm. successfully. But then when the cells were um, in culture and they were growing like normal cancer cells, they weren't expressing the proteins that I thought they would. Like, nothing was working. It was really weird. Like, I was comparing um, CDCP1 knockout mice to CDCP1 heterozygous mice. So I had isolated the tumors and put them in culture. But then the knockout mice looked like they were expressing CDCP1, but it was smaller. And then the heterozygous mice were not expressing CDCP1. So I was like, what the F is this? (laughs) Like, I still haven't figured it out, so I just froze them down because it was like, I don't want to deal with this anymore. (laughs) Confusing. Yeah. Yeah, that's hard when something that unexpected happens because you don't like, know if it was just that experiment or something, you know, got mislabeled or switched or... Yeah, you know, I have no idea. It's like... Or if it's a true thing and you should follow, you know, figure it out or yeah. what. Have but, you repeated? Um, yeah, I repeated it a million times. I did like Western blots and QPCRs and stuff and I don't know, 
man. So, but that's another but when you thing is like, it, did it show that same? Yeah, the same result? thing. And yeah. then when I did the qPCR, I was um, looking for CDCP one, and I did qPCR of just plain tumor tissue, and then like isolated cancer cells from the tumor tissue uh-huh. and the tumors express cdcp1 and then the cancer cells don't so then i was wondering is it in the stroma or something but i don't really want to like follow it up right now it seems like <laughs> so much work no it's so hard sometimes yeah. to answer those yeah. questions. but besides that i'm trying to think of something funny that's happened to me so far <laughs> yeah yeah i mean just anything oh okay and the last thing that i want to talk about is if you have any advice for um, undergrads or people that have their bachelors that want to go to grad school. Um, yeah. Any advice for them? Um, any advice for people that think they want to go to grad school? Yeah. Just be prepared for how much work it is. (laughs) Yeah. And as long as you are willing to commit the time, you're going to grow a lot in your first year. I mean, I couldn't read scientific papers when I first got here and now it's like, that's so many a week. So I mean, it's definitely not a, a matter of how much you know going in. It's as much as you're willing to learn. Yeah, I guess so. That's true, and it is a lot about the time. Yeah, that you put in. It just takes time to learn how to do things, learn techniques, optimize techniques, and yeah, keep up with literature. Realize it takes like time, yeah. <laughs> patience. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not a joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, great. Oh, and then I just want to see if you have a favorite or inspirational scientist? Oh, favorite or inspirational scientist. So right now I'm just going to say Olya because she kicks ass. <laughs> yeah. But what do you like about her? Um, I like that she's got such a sense of humor still and we have happy hours for birthdays. Like every single birthday, anybody in our lab that has a birthday, we have this happy hour and she'll always attend and she'll always get a card and she's like participates in stuff with us and she cares about us and she's so freaking busy and she yeah. like still finds time that's to do that really with us nice because that's important yeah. having like yeah a social life or you know having time to just enjoy each other instead of just science all the time yeah that's really cool and she could spend a month with her parents and she wasn't annoyed so i was like very <laughs> impressed <laughs> she's a magician yes all right well thank you so much for being Guest number one. And thank you for interviewing me. Oh, sure. (laughs) All right.